the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a real kingdom impact. We air here every week on 100.7 FM, The Word, at 4 p.m. on Wednesdays, and also on podcast anytime at thewordfm1007.com. On today's program, and we're so happy to have you joining us, we have Pastor Al McCausland, who runs the Wholehearted Men's Breakfast at the Road at Chapel Hills here in Colorado Springs, and we'll be talking about waking up men to be wholehearted. And then in our second segment, we have Rabbi Kurt Schneider, host of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and he'll be sharing about his ministry's newly launched initiative, Taking the Rainbow Back. So you're certainly going to want to stick around for that. But now, Pastor Al McCausland, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thanks, I am so glad to be with you today. Uh, it's great to have you here, and, and you got up even earlier than I do, but I'm one of those men, I've been going, it's a couple years now, to the men's breakfast at the road at uh, Chapel Hills, and uh, we're there at 6 a.m. or even sooner. The guys who are cooking get there a lot earlier, and, and Al runs that, and it's a real special place. We're going to be covering that today. But to give you a little background on Pastor Al, Al McCausland was radically saved toward the end of the Jesus Movement in 1978, uh, immediately went into ministry. I know what that's like. And uh, by now, has served in just about every type of church ministry. Professionally, he's worked in the food industry for over 40 years, and he is now the an associate pastor at the road at Chapel Hills, and as I said, runs this wholehearted men's breakfast on Tuesday mornings. And today, we're going to be talking about waking up the men, which we need to do every morning to get them there. He does that by serving up a big breakfast over there. But to be wholehearted in everything that we are called to do and how important men are. So, Al... Why men's ministry and and how did you get, how did you find yourself, you know, going through from getting saved to finding yourself uh, running the wholehearted men's breakfast ministry on Tuesday mornings? Well, that's a great question, Haim. You know, I'm a businessman at heart and uh, dealing with men gives us the biggest bang for the buck. (laughs) You know, George Barna has all these statistics for church life. 17% of the time, if the woman gets saved, the wife, uh, the rest of the family will get saved. But if the man gets saved, I'm 91% of the time, the rest of the family wow. gets saved. And that's an incredible statistic. You know, leaders should not be producing followers. They should be producing leaders. Shepherds should not be producing sheep. They should be <laughs> producing shepherds. And so I like dealing with the hearts of men, but not just men, leaders of men, because that gives us the biggest bang for the buck, and they impact the most people. Well, there's certainly a lot of challenges to even being a man, you know, today uh, the culture is trying to tell boys that they're women, yeah. that they're girls. So, what are the what are the biggest challenges to men today that you see, especially in the church? Well, the biggest, well, some of the biggest problems today in America 
is America has done a good job of feminizing men. So getting men to wake up, there's a big difference between being a lid and being a covering. And so we're, we're teaching that to men. If you haven't noticed, Al will be coming up with zingers every 30 seconds here as we go. He has his sayings. So how do we wake up men? I believe in the garden, even way back in the garden, when a serpent beguiled Eve, Adam stood by and did nothing. I think men have suffered an Adamic silence ever since. Mm -hmm. So how do we wake up men? Part of that is getting men together and just the natural fellowship of being with each other. It helps them to wake up. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the challenges I know we were talking about, distraction. Well, I think the biggest, uh, well, some of the biggest weapons of the enemy are weapons of mass distraction. And so how do we distinguish God's voice from every other voice? Mm -hmm. And so we teach that to the men. Okay, and we talked about feminizing uh, apathy and also isolation. Well, and and no blood. We call them blood-stained allies, guys that are living in the trench with you. I give the illustration, Haim, that when you die, you have six to eight guys to pick you up and carry you as a pallbearer. Wouldn't it be great if you had six to eight guys to pick you up and carry you when you were alive? (laughs) And that's what the men at the table do. And so we have have a bunch of different tables at the men's breakfast, and um, every table has a table leader that models being vulnerable, and they really become connected and become blood-stained allies. So, you know, as you see the challenges of men and and we let's face it, we tend to not be too transparent about what's going on uh, with with ourselves. We even keep things from our wives, from our children. We tend to suffer alone. And I know that that's why here you show up on a Tuesday morning and there's, you know, 350, 400 guys in the room and and you have your individual tables. So this isn't lecture. This is, you know, we get a teaching and and uh, but most of it is discussion with the other men. How are you seeing, you know, what is it that you can do to, you know, to get men to open up? Uh, and really talk about, you know, what what's going on with them. Well, there's a couple of things. But first of all, I think that um, we all tend to be our own worst enemies. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, we find ourselves in the holes that we've dug ourselves into, and then we kick ourselves in the pants for being in the holes. Jesus comes along, he smiles, he sees the holes, wraps his arm around us, and you'd think he'd bust on us in the holes we're in. But he does just the opposite. He looks at the hole I've dug, and he says, Al, what a great foundation you've dug. <laughs> and Because he never sees me in the failure of my misery of my failures. He sees me in the fulfillment of the purposes in in his purposes in my life. That's the way I want to look at others, not for who they are, who they were, but for the gifts that God has given them. Second Peter says, God's given us all things pertaining to godliness. So that means characteristics, traits, gifts, talents, and assets. So I want to see those traits in other men, draw them out of them, equip them in their gifting, and release them to be everything that God has called them to be. Talk about the importance of having men in the church. I mean, we've really gotten to a situation where a lot of church situations, the women are running it. They're at the prayer meetings, everything. When you go to a men's to a, to the road prayer meeting, there there tend to be at least as many men, if not more. What's the importance of men in the church, and how do you see how religion tends to shut that down and marginalize us? Well, I just think that, you know, it's so hard for men to pray out loud. It's even harder for them to pray out loud in front of other men. Mm -hmm. Even harder for them to pray out loud in front of other men at church. But I tell them, guys, if you do it here at church, at your table, you're probably going to do it at home with your wife, with your kids. And a family altar can alter a family. And it's those family altars that help transform families and transform families. I am transform cities. 
And that's what we want to do here in Colorado Springs. How do you see how, you know, religion or religiosity is shutting down men in the church? Boy, that's a great question. You know, right now in Colorado Springs, there's about 300 international ministries impacting the world. And yet we have a state legislature is passing laws are an abomination. So we have a lot of religion. We need there to be a lot of God. Jesus himself said, I've broken down every wall. I've become your peace. And so what I think is happening as we're coming together in unity, because where there's unity, God commands a blessing. God is dissolving these walls of religion, these walls of denominationalism, just like a sugar cube in hot water. Awesome. And that's, you know, really the the road uh, men's breakfast, as we call the wholehearted men's breakfast, is not just for members at the road. Um, There's well over 100 churches that are represented there. Tell us about the men's breakfast. We touched on a little bit, but, you know, how how did it come about and how has it grown? Who's it for? Well, that's uh, I'm glad you said that because it's not just for the men at the road. I'd say about 40 to 45 percent of the men in the room do not go to the road or don't attend to the road on a Sunday. We have about 122 churches that are represented now. And so it's a it's a big spectrum. It's it's throughout the whole city. You're right. And so it started off about five years ago. We had a men's prayer meeting. We called it Morning Fire. But to be honest, not a lot of transformation took place. Mm -hmm. And so we regrouped and we thought, what can we do to change things? The first thing we did was we brought in food because the way a man's heart through his belly, right? And so we have great food. It's an enormous breakfast for a very small donation. It's the best breakfast in the city. They call me the breakfast pastor. I do about 10 breakfast meetings, uh, you know, a week. There's there's mornings I have two and three breakfast uh, meetings, and I I think I'm going to turn into a hobbit. (laughs) But uh, we started off by bringing in food because the way to a man's heart through his belly. And then we realize over a number of years, two things really make training stick. The first thing is going through an emotional significant event. If you've been in the military and you've gone through a boot camp, you've been in an emotional significant event. Because what happens as men, we get hurt. And the first thing we do is we raise the drawbridge of our heart. And the the bad thing about that is you don't experience love as much anymore. Really takes that invulnerable, you know, a vulnerable environment to lower that. And the second point is is spaced repetition, doing the same thing week after week after week. So men come, they get assigned to the same table week after week. The men come together. They really become bloodstained allies. They're really digging in the churches or trenches together. You know, no man is on island island, and so they're really work learning to work together. That's fantastic. And I, and again, I've been going there for a couple of years. It's really special because uh, you're with the same guys every week. Um, you know, we get new guys added to the table because it is growing. Uh, but uh, being able to sit with the same men, the ability to open up, the ability yeah. to get transparent, to trust, which we men have a very hard time doing, really grows over time. So, so we encourage you. To, to come check out at, at uh, the road at Chapel Hills, which is in the north part of the city, off North Academy. Uh, and I'll tell you the website, theroad.org. It's that easy, theroad.org. And you can check under the Ministries tab and under the Men's tab for more information. But just show up at 6 o'clock at the morning or even earlier because, as you said, the men are ravenous wolves. And if you want to get the best <laughs> food, get there early. But it's not just about coming to the breakfast and, you know, 
Alcy's getting this into other churches. And so come and find out because we, you know, we're reaching capacity in that room. Yeah, my real, heart. Real, real quick, 10 seconds. Yeah, my heart, Haim, is we have 400 guys. I want to see 5,000 guys come together for breakfast on a Tuesday. Awesome. So thank you, Pastor Al, for what you do, for, for running this each week. And thank you for coming on Partners in the Gospel today. Thanks for having me. So coming up after the break on Partners in the Gospel, we have Rabbi Kurt Schneider, host of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. He'll be talking about having a biblical view of sexuality and his newly launched Taking the Rainbow Back initiative. I'm Chaim Goldman, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel on The Word, 100.7 FM in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program? Maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Chaim Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. Joining us now in our second segment, uh, this is great. I'm so happy to have you on, Rabbi. Rabbi Kurt Schneider, and we're going to be talking about Taking the Rainbow Back Project. Yes, that's right. Rabbi Schneider, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I am so great to be with you. You might be the first person that I've ever interviewed with named Chaim. So good to be with my brother in the Lord and in the flesh. <laughs> Amen. And, and uh, hopefully we'll put a lot of life into this, into this and inspire many people because I've been talking about this, uh, Rabbi, for many years that we, you know, they talk about cultural misappropriation, right? That's a big woke phrase these days and, and absconding with the rainbow. <laughs> That's a big deal. And we, we do need to take this back. So let you know if you don't already, Rabbi Schneider is a Jewish believer who came to faith in 1978. He's the author of many, many books, including Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Entering His Presence, and Called to Breakthrough, which is an autobiography, and he is the host of the TV and radio broadcast, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is heard right here on 100.7 FM, The Word, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. So, Rabbi, you know, as a Jewish believer, every time we like to teach, we like to share, but everybody always wants to know how did you come to faith? So briefly, because it's always a big story, but briefly on the radio show, give us some of your background about coming to faith as a Jewish person, faith in Jesus. In well, Yeshua. I'm, it really is a big story, and uh, several people actually have uh, tried to make a movie written about my journey. Recently, uh, we talked with the firm Phil's from, uh, from Sony, and uh, so what happened was the Lord supernaturally appeared to me in a vision of the night in 1978. I was 20 years old. I was lost. I was searching. I was in the New Age. I knew nothing about Jesus. Jesus was as far away to me as the man in the moon. Went to sleep one night, was awoken from my sleep in the middle of the night. In color, Jesus appeared on the cross, and a ray of red light from straight through the sky in the vision of the night beamed down on his head. And even though no one had ever witnessed to me, I had never read the New Testament, I knew enough as an American to know the person on the cross was Jesus, and I understood the symbolism that God was showing me that Jesus was the way to him. So that was the beginning of my faith journey and becoming a disciple of Yeshua. Wow. So, and you can get the book, right? That's all in the Call to Breakthrough yeah. book, <laughs> right? So yeah, I, yeah. I'm a, my parent. Yeah, my parents hired somebody to kidnap me to deprogram me, 
and be probated to a psychiatric ward of a hospital. So it's a big journey. Yeah, people don't realize what Jewish people, even if you grew up secular, you know, just culturally, this is what we don't do. If I say that there's one thing that all Jews agree on is we don't believe in Jesus. And unfortunately, uh, that keeps a lot of people from even questioning it or thinking about it. And uh, and when you go through it, uh, regardless of what your background is, it, it's very, very different experience. And so please look into the rabbi's book. And anytime you come across a Jewish believer to, to ask them about their background, I think that you'll find it interesting. Well, this Taking the Rainbow Back project initiative, and uh, it's at the website. You can find out. Don't go there right now, but takingtherainbowback.com. Um, rabbi, what motivates you to speak about this issue, you know, getting into obviously the LGBTQ alphabet that is just being forced on us uh, as believers and as a society. What, what caused you to speak out? Well, it's like Jeremiah and Ezekiel. They couldn't keep silent. Something just rose up in me in early March. It was like sovereign. It was sudden. And I just knew I needed to rise up, speak against it, and reclaim the rainbow for the glory of God. So uh, definitely uh, the sovereignty of God moving over my life. And what have, what's been the reaction since you've been doing that? Well, the reaction is it's spreading like wildfire. We're, uh, we're on television. We're doing YouTubes all over. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, if people go to the domain, takingtherainbowback.com, they'll hear me talk about the objectives of the movement, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the fact that the rainbow is a it's a incredible symbol of the glory of God. You know, when Ezekiel saw the Lord in Ezekiel one twenty eight, he saw the Son of God, and he said he appeared in the form of a man. There was fire inside him that went up and down, and all around him was the radiance of a rainbow. And when John saw the Lord from the island of Patmos in the Book of Revelation, he said in John, in Revelation four three, there was a rainbow around God's throne. Mm. It's a symbol of God's glory, majesty, and beauty. And so being hijacked for perversion of sexuality, uh, and, and that's what happens in this society is everything gets reversed, right? Everything gets turned upside down. And again, as I mentioned before, there's a big pushback against cultural misappropriation of taking something from one culture and using it uh, for another purpose or even using it at all. So we're, we're calling all believers uh, to take the rainbow back because it is the original a sign, right, of that that the Father has uh, of judgment. Well, how do you see it? Let, let me ask you, rather than saying, how do you see the rainbow? Well, the rainbow. I have a very personal connection. I was. It was in 1981. It was three years after I came to know the Lord. I was going through a deep season of repentance. The Lord was showing me some things in my life, Chaim, that I needed to turn away from, including smoking cigarettes. Lord, show me every time you look for a satisfaction, you go to a cigarette rather than looking for me. I want you to repent of that and turn mm-hmm. to me for your life. So I was sitting in a chair one morning, drinking a cup of tea. The tea replaced the cigarettes to settle my nerves a bit. And sovereignly above my head, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Elohim appeared in the, the swirling motion of a, a color, all the colors of a rainbow. It was just like Acts 2, except instead of a tongue of fire, <laughs> it was just a swirling motion of spiritual life, all the colors of a rainbow. It wasn't a thought in my mind or a mental impression. It was literal life. I couldn't have helped it. I couldn't have stopped it. And then the Spirit of the Lord moved through my head, took possession of my inner man, and said, I am a servant. 
And I have other stories as well, how the Lord has come to me and communicated to me through the rainbow. I'm talking about real, literal, supernatural experiences. So the rainbow is very dear and precious to me. And I had a deep connection to the rainbow before I even had anything on my radar screen about Mm -hmm. it being used by the LGBTQ. But something has just risen in me that we're going to speak out, we're going to drive darkness back, and we're going to create a portal of light so that people that are in the darkness can find hope and a way of escape in Jesus. Wonderful. So when we're looking at human sexuality, whether you're trying to explain it to Christians, how they confront the culture, or those who are into these, uh, what we would call alternative lifestyle, the alphabet lifestyles apart from heterosexuality and and male and female, um, how do you show looking at it through a biblical lens? How do you explain it to people so that it makes sense to them, a, a biblical perspective on sexuality? Well, our most basic identity as human beings are male and female. In the beginning, God created a man in his own image, male and female, he created them. This is like the, uh, this is the primary pillar of order in the earth right here. Man is the pinnacle of God's creation, and the identity that he gave mankind is either as a male or as a female. So when you break that down, when you begin to confuse that, That opens up the door for every type of chaos and disorder to follow, and that's what's happening right now. Satan is attacking this. He knows this is the last stronghold of him from him being able to take over the world completely. That's why it's so important for Christian people, for God's people, Jew and Gentile alike, to take courage to go to this website, takingtherainbowback.com, again, takingtherainbowback.com, Dot com. Get the T-shirts that we've made, <laughs> wear them out in public places, and then on the weekend of July 28th through the 30th, we're asking people to go together in small groups or local church groups, Bible study groups, fellowship groups, into public places, hand out the tracks that we're also making available through our website, and be the light and have the courage that God is calling us to be and do. Mm. So, you know, apart from that, and and please go to the website and look at the resources that are there and look at the objectives of uh, taking the rainbow back. But what are some of the things that people will find there? And what are some of the things that you suggest people do in order to take the rainbow back as believers in this uh, fallen world? The first thing, yeah, the first thing, Chaim, and the basic premise of the movement is to unite God's people to stand together in righteousness in the earth. You know, I remember talking to a former president, and he said to me, if if Christians would stay together, they could accomplish anything in the world. But we're so fragmented, and each one having his own agenda, that we don't get much done. If God's people will stand together and unite in righteousness, and this is like the first cause to do that, we're going to be able to shift a lot of the spiritual atmosphere that we're surrounded by in the earth. I don't believe that we can turn America back to the 1950s, but I believe that we can push back the darkness Mm -hmm. and once again create a portal of hope for people that are struggling and and, and in the darkness to find a way out. So when they go to the the domain and listen to the the resource that I have through YouTube and some of the other materials, they'll get a better feel of what we're doing. It's really important during this time for God's people to take courage. This is a time that demands courage. And unless God's people take courage, they can't be disciples of Jesus. Listen, LGBT community's not afraid to use the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Why should God's people, whom it rightfully belongs to, 
what are your objectives? I mean, it's uniting the, the body of believers to, to come together and to be bold, but are there specific objectives that you have that you'll say this is working? Yes, I think, number one, when we, when we see God's people, enough of God's people wearing the rainbow T-shirts out in public, it's going to begin to neutralize the LGBTQ's exclusive use of it. Mm-hmm. And I believe God is doing that right now. There's already, there's already signs of it happening. This movement is popping up everywhere right now. That's number one. Number two, there's a lot of people that are really struggling and hurting. I just interviewed a guy the other day. He was living as a woman had the surgery done, the hormone treatments, and he found his way to Jesus. So listen, we can't save everybody, but if we'll speak up and do our part, God will save some through our lives. Wonderful. Well, that's always the objective here on Partners in the Gospel of ways that believers in in their local communities with the people who they see can reach out in different ways. And so this is a bold way to do it. So I want you all, as soon as the program's over, to go to the website, taking the rainbowback.com taking the rainbowback.com check out the resources get the t-shirt engage sign up find out more about it and of course share it with your friends so that we can take the rainbow back rabbi schneider thank you so much for being on partners in the gospel with us today Chaim, god bless you my friend and good to be with you my brother okay hope to have you back on soon Okay, that's it for this week. I'm Chaim Goldman, The Watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all of our episodes in podcast on our website at thewordfm1007.com and catch uh, catch Discovering the Jewish Jesus every day, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. here on this station. Now, my brothers and sisters, get out there, make an impact for the kingdom, for such a time as this. Shalom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.